0: I would say the last four out of five pieces that I've sold have been through payment plans. And I'm willing to work with customers. You know, if you get a paycheck every two weeks or whatever, I can work with that. Um, it's made a big difference. And, and my belief is everyone should own a great piece of artwork if they can. So I really try to make it affordable by offering a payment plan.
1: Welcome to the Fluid Arts Podcast with your host, Keevan White where we dive into the wonderful world of fluid arts, including acrylic pouring, alcohol ink, resin art, and more. In this podcast, we let talented artists share with us their techniques, inspirations, and tips for creating amazing fluid art. Whether you want to earn a living making art or improve your work, this is the podcast for you. So sit back and relax as we take you on a journey to learn more about this exciting and engaging art form.
2: Welcome to another episode of the Fluid Arts Podcast. I'm your host, Keevan Jr., and today I have an artist with me by the name of Deb Ronglin. And today she's going to go over one of her paintings that she created and how she typically sells her pieces as well. So a little bit about Deb. She is located in Minnesota today. She's been a member since 2018 of the Acrylic Porn Facebook community, and she's been a full-time artist for more than 30 years. So uh, get ready to learn a lot of stuff. All right, so without further ado, Deb, welcome to the Food Arts Podcast.
0: Thank you, Kevin. Thanks for having me on today.
2: Yeah, no problem. How's your day been so far today?
0: It's been great. We have a beautiful fall day here in Minnesota. Um, the leaves have all turned and um, I've had a great day so far.
2: <laughs> yeah. So with this one specific one that we're looking at today, it's called Midnight Blue, and I kind of wanted to make some some general questions that I that I have. What, what starting off with inspiration? What inspired you to want to create this one right here?
0: Well, one of the um, many um, ways that I you can use creative um, ideas in acrylic pouring are with embellishments, and um, I I love the geode style pieces. That's kind of a signature piece for me. Uh, Midnight Blue. And it 's got a lot of great embellishments with crushed mirror and diamond chips. Um, it was what I guess what you would term a dirty pour. you know I layered it in a cup and poured it out in the canvas um, and there's a lot of great texture that happens in pieces like this
2: yeah the the texture I think I mean a number of things right when I look at it it's it 's not only the the texture but the colors. I have a lot of questions to ask you about how you created it. But first, what about the supplies? Like what are some, to make that texture, right? I mean, to me, not using that specific amount of texture before, I I wouldn't know what to call it. What would you, what are some of the materials that you use for?
0: Okay, that's a great question. Um, You know, I pretty much use uh, like Liquitex basics for my uh, paint mixture and flotrol um, as my pouring medium. I don't use any silicone, although I do often get what they call cells. Um, people are always wondering, well, how do, you, how do you get those cells? And so it's just basically uh, paint and flotrol that I mix together. Um, on this particular piece, there's an area of white and that's got a lot of blue kind of lacing look in, in it. And what I did was I, um, I had a cup of white paint and I added a little bit of blue in there, and I kind of swirled it around in the cup. Not a lot, but just a little bit. And then when I poured it out, it made that lacing effect in there. So I think that's that's a really pretty effect, adds um, some contrast. And then um, I pretty much did the rest of it with uh, kind of that same that same style, it's just pouring out of a cup geode style often they call it kind of a rainbow pour too, where you just you pour in layers like an agate or a geode would look in nature Um, and then some of the other products on there are um, crushed mirror and I used a cobalt crushed mirror and I used an antique crushed mirror which is more of the clear the one that looks clear Mm -hmm. and I think you can get those at a lot of craft stores or whatever. But these specific ones, I got at WinModernArt.com. I do love their products. Um, and then I also used what they call of um, I think it's called Atlantic Blue and um, Midnight Blue metallic powders, and I also get them from WinModernArt.com. And I just I love the contrast of that with you know the matte look of the paint and the sparkle of the crushed mirror.
2: Yeah, totally. With the 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 style geode, right? Can just for you know beginners or, or viewers that may not know what that kind of definition is, can you kind of define what this style is? Geode
0: style, well, geode style is kind of meant to look like um an agate or a geode, you know, when you cut it open. If you've ever seen like an amethyst, I guess would be the most common and it has that real jewel quality of, you know, open up the rock and you see all the crystal.
2: Yes. Yeah.
0: So um, this is kind of to emulate that um, as far as how it, look, how it looks in nature, I guess.
2: Okay, and how long does something like this take you to create?
0: I work in layers. So um, I, I get my, kind of my base layers down first. Sometimes I drop the embellishments you know the crystals and the metallic powders right into on top of the paint sometimes i I mix the metallics in with the paint and um, I let it dry and then I often will come back and look at it again and um, do another layer on on top so this one it's hard i I never really count my hours it's just kind of by feel but sometimes I start a painting. I leave it for a while. I work on something else. It's not always sequential. Mm-hmm. And then I come back and look at it with fresh eyes again.
2: Yeah, I can understand it. I do that in, in so many parts of my life with with the the colors that you chose. Right. That's another big question that a lot of our fans are, are curious to know. But. And, and we can talk about other other paintings that you have on a different time but with this one specifically what what made you want to go with the the colors that you chose
0: i i really am a blue girl i love blue um oftentimes if i'm looking for a color palette to inspire me um i'll go on pinterest and i'll just maybe type in blue color palettes or I'll google blue color palettes or blue and gold one of the things that inspired me this year is Pantone's color of the year was a blue that is kind of a navy blue and it's been used in interior decorating now all year so um, not that people are completely redoing their homes with that color but sometimes it's nice to freshen up with um, a piece of artwork or a throw pillow or something that has a new updated color in it so I always look at Pantone color of the year every year and kind of keep that in the back of my mind. Not all my paintings this year have been blue, but um, this mm. is definitely one that um, one could add to your home decor that would give it a real updated fresh feel.
2: Yes, and one thing that I did notice when I was looking at the, the photos that you have is you, you, you're, you do a great job of displaying them. Is that like a software where you have like a furniture or a typical living room style, or is that like your home?
0: Um, sometimes it's in my home. This particular one wasn't. Um, I do use, I use a lot of the rooms on, it's called 123RF, R as in Robert, F is in Frank.com. They have a lot of fabulous rooms, they're fairly inexpensive, and um, I like to stage them because I, I think it gives people a, a better idea of scale and what they would look like in their home.
2: Yeah, I would I would agree with that as well because it, it really makes you it takes it beyond what you would normally just see. All right. And I'm assuming that you type in the dimensions so, so that they know what it is.
0: Yeah, I do. And um usually usually my the photographs are pretty much to scale, but I always put the dimensions in. Um, most of my video and photographs I take right on my smartphone and um, I do some editing uh, on there. You know, if I if I take a picture outside, let's say, I, I probably don't want the, the background. Uh, I wanna focus on the art. So I do spend quite a bit of time on that um, for marketing. And I find that instead of just having one flat shot of a painting, especially with social media marketing, I love to do videos and angle shots so people can really see the dimensionality and um, the 3D quality of, of the piece that they're considering having in their home.
2: Yeah, and it makes a difference because when I look at your, your profile and you just see, even if like, for example, you use glitter or you have the glass that, or, you know, I call it glass, but it just, you're not able to see those striations from just a, a straight up down or top down photo.
0: Right, right. And being so that it makes, makes a big difference.
2: Yeah, totally. And then when when you sell your art, right, we kind of went over already how you create it and all that sort of, thing. but who would you say ends up buying typically your your pieces of art?
0: Um. Well, one thing I found is that artists buy art. I'm an artist, and I I buy a lot of other people's artwork. So that's the first thing. Um, if you're marketing on social media, make sure to put your things on you know acrylicpouring.com or. Um, some of the other artist pages, where where they allow you to, and you got to follow the rules on that, but um, I kind of come from um, a background where I used to have an open house in my studio every year, or two open houses, and people would come in, and like you'd go into a gallery. I have a kind of a gallery space here, but now, especially in times of COVID, um, social media marketing is really a great way to sell your artwork. And my buyers are, I mean, varied. They're from all over the country and all different walks of life. Um, th- you know, especially with the acrylic pieces, they, they've they seen my, my work like you did and um, direct message me and ask me questions about it. And we kind of go from there.
2: Yes. Yes. And I want to touch back on that open house. We'll get back to the more of the marketing and promotion side in a second, but, How was that? You said, how long did you do the open house?
0: I, you know, I did two a year for probably the last 28, 30 years. And, um, you know, I, I, here in Minnesota, we've got some major art fairs and, and, and things like that too. I've never had a booth, um, but it's been by word of mouth and I worked in watercolor for a long time. I still do. So commissions and word of mouth. Um, I have a fine art printing website where I have more of the watercolor pieces on there, but a lot of people like to look at those too. And um, so now I have most of my acrylic pieces at Deborah Ronglin Fine Art on Facebook. It's Deborah, D-E-B-O-R-A-H. And um, that is where I'm getting a lot of my, my traffic from, a lot of comments, a lot of feedback. Um, It's been really great. I love my followers. And I think the thing that is, you know, that came to me, I I lived through the 9-11 thing, 19, 20 years ago as an artist. And at that time, people were concerned about the economy and what, you know, how far their dollar would stretch. And so I did offer payment plans. And that's what I'm doing again now during the COVID-19 crisis. Um, I would say the last four out of five pieces that I've sold have been through payment plans and I'm willing to work with customers. You know, if you get a paycheck every two weeks or whatever, I can work with that. Um, it's made a big difference. And and my belief is everyone should own a great piece of artwork if they can. So I really try to make it affordable by offering a payment plan.
2: Absolutely. Yeah. We're a big believer in payment plans as well. And is that something that you know, how, where'd you get that idea? Was it something that you just kind of thought about? Hey, or, or. Ew.
0: Um, well, yeah, I mean, I, I, it was quite thoughtful about that. It's like, how, how can I help people decorate their homes and get a new piece of art? And, you know, maybe they've lost their job or they don't want to dip into their savings, um, at this time. And I, I just remember growing up and they had layaway. If, if anybody remembers that, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> you, you, you give a down payment at the store and then you make payments when you could and when it was all paid for then you own that product or that piece and so that's basically how it works it's pretty straightforward
2: yes and and especially if it's something that you really want like this yeah i don't know it's just something when i look at it, it it's i really love your painting and I, I was excited to talk to you today just because it's there's so many things you do different especially like i'm sure all the things you're doing that relate to like pr- like the the presentation part of the product is is it seems intentional right like you had already mentioned the the angles yeah you know the lighting and stuff like that but i guess my my last question would be kind of like what advice would you give the listeners who have created their art they're really proud of it but they want to you know start selling more or you know, that sort of thing. You touched on social media a little bit, but anything you want to talk about as far as like advice that you learned over the years?
0: Um, wow. <laughs> you know, I've had, I've had such great opportunities and clientele. I mean, if you're really interested in, let's say getting commission work, um, promote your pieces that way. Uh, say I'm, I'm taking orders for the holidays. And um, if you, I, I used to, um, I still do. I, I can paint, um, you know, people's lake homes or, or from travel pictures or anything special. I, I kind of call it fine art memories. So if people want to contact me for um, a special piece that they want to design for a, a family member. Um, I had somebody ask me if I would paint their family cabin and all five kids chipped in to pay for this for their parents. And it was just a wonderful idea. So, you know, that's something that, um, people might be interested in commission work. Um, I would just say, you know, there's kind of a rule in sales. It's, it's called show them, show them, show them. (laughs) If you don't show them, they can't see it. (laughs) And, um, so, you know post often on social media whatever that might be if it's instagram or twitter or whatever and um show your pieces and make sure you have really quality video and photographs and there's a lot of um there's a lot of information even on your specific specific phone and how to edit and do things like that because i think that makes all the difference
2: yes you you said it best uh, i'm i'm so glad that we had this conversation today for the for the listeners listening if you want to hear more about, if they want to hear more about Deb, where should they go?
0: Um, Deborah, D E B O R A H, Ronglin, R O N G L I E N, fine art on Facebook. That's my business page. I'm also on uh, uh, Instagram, Deborah Ronglin Fine Art. And I do have a fine art printing website too, if you're interested in. I have a few acrylic pieces on there um, and a lot of watercolors. And um, maybe, Keevan, you can put up the link on that, too. It's uh, deborah ronglinpixelspixelscom and you can contact me through there, too, or just DM, DM me through Facebook or Instagram anytime for for questions that you might have.
2: Absolutely, yes. For listeners, I will make sure that I put that in there So, in case you're busy at the moment. But, yeah, wonderful podcast here, Deb. Um, for the viewers... As always, if you enjoy listening to this episode, then comment below. that helps us out with the rankings. And definitely share this episode with any art friends that you know who are spending a lot of time trying to, you know, who who may see this of value. And with that being said, thank you for listening to this week's episode. You know, and we have a Facebook group as well. So definitely join that. We have more than 98,000 members and creators just like yourself. And, uh, you know, that's exactly what she said, that the rule of sales is show, 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 or they got to see it. What was it one more time?
0: Show them. Show
2: them, show them, show them. So, yeah, yeah, if you want to show them all the the stuff that you're creating, definitely check out that Facebook community. And, um, you know, that's how you just might end up on another one of these episodes. So thank you, Deb, for joining here on us on the Fluid Arts podcast. And I appreciate you stopping by.
0: Well, thank you so much, Kevin. Happy painting,
1: everybody. (laughs) See you. If you enjoyed today's episode, then please like and share with your community. And please let us know if you have any suggestions for artists you'd like to hear on our show. This episode is sponsored by AcrylicPouring.com. AcrylicPouring.com is the leading fluid arts website which provides fluid artists around the world the inspiration and tips they need. If you are new to fluid arts and want to get started now, then go to acrylicpouring.com to learn the five fundamentals of making beautiful acrylic pours for free. Also, join their Facebook community, where every day artists just like you are sharing their newest creations that just might end up on another one of these episodes.